right, all right, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the May I Have a Word podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gustavo Montes. What is going on, everybody? How are you? How was your weekend? Did you guys have a good one? Did you guys act up? Did you guys do crazy fun things? No? I was the only one? All right. Um, no, I did not do anything crazy or anything. Uh, did go for, did go for a dip in the pool. Uh, you know, trying to catch the last bit of sun before we, uh, get put in solitary confinement yet again. Um, they officially have locked all the bars. I think restaurants. I think so. They haven't. All I know is that bars, yes, bars, restaurants, and there was something else, I forgot what it was, uh, have all been shut down here in the wonderful county of Los Angeles, along with many other counties throughout the Southland, and uh, that is, I'm trying to look this up right now, the information, Uh, yeah, so right now, only bars, bars and restaurants closed within the county of Los Angeles. They also closed down. This is, by all means, the stupidest thing that I heard today. Um, And I heard the president talk today, so this should tell you how bad this is. Um, Bar, or bars, the beaches. The beaches of LA County are going to be closed this weekend only. Okay, I don't know. How the hell that does anything? Okay, that is pointless and worthless for just this weekend only. Now, granted, it's 4th of July weekend. It's a great weekend. It's a great American weekend. You know, we all get together. Uh, Last year, I spent mine at Huntington Beach, on the beach, uh, all day with the fam. And uh, it's, a, it's a real shame I'm not going to be able to be with them this year. It's a real shame. Uh, beaches are closed. Um, so I'm not going to uh, obviously be beachside. Um, this, uh, But it, it's stupid because I'm like, wait a minute. So the beaches are open today, tomorrow, day after that, next day. But yet Friday, close them down. And then Monday morning, let's reopen them back up. It's, you know, they're trying to make sure that everybody does not spread it. They're like, oh, you guys can go anywhere else. Just don't go to the beach. And so stupid. So stupid. People in Arizona, uh, the governor brought down the hammer for the people, for the fine people of the state of Arizona. And, uh, of course, they are stomping their feet like a toddler at Toys R Us, uh, wanting their freedom. Because apparently they don't have them. They don't have it. Uh, there's no freedom in Arizona. No freedom. They have people wearing masks and good God almighty. Uh, so they are pouting and pissed off in Arizona. Which not everybody. Not everybody. There are a handful of people in Arizona with a working brainstem that acknowledge the fact that there is a quarantine happening. That there is a pandemic happening. Uh, like I said, it's only a handful though. It's only a handful of people that have an active working brain at this moment in the, uh, in the 48th state, or as I call it, hate 48. Um, so, uh, yeah, just, just, uh, you know, and, and what's crazy is that I think I know the majority of the people that have the working brain stems. I think I do. I think I do. Um, doesn't go without saying that I know the majority of the people that are, don't have the working brain stems as well. Um, but you know, Hey, that's, you know, they all belong to Trump out there that, you know, Trump's their daddy and, uh, they're going to do what daddy tell them to do. And, uh, you know, when Trump says something, they say, yes, daddy. And so, uh, that's what, uh, that's what, um, is happening right now. I mean, dude, there's a whole bunch of shit going on. Uh, today is June 30th. It is June 30th, my friends, which that means one of four things. Uh, the first of which is that my birthday month is officially coming to it. And oh my God. 
yeah, whatever. My birthday, yeah, it was what it was. My birthday was salvaged. It was salvaged. Somebody attempted to, you know, torpedo it, blow it up, but I didn't let them. I didn't let them. I rose above it. I rose above and, you know, like, you know, like an Olympic hurdler, I jumped over it. I leaped over it and I dodged it. So, uh, but the birthday month is come and gone. And, um, you know, now we get ready for it. June 30th also means that we have Major League Baseball players reporting for duty tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, baseball is finally here. If they do not cancel it between now and Friday because of coronavirus. So, um, yeah, uh, baseball players, pitchers and catchers, and everybody else, they all report to their respective stadiums. And, uh, you know, let's get going, baby. Let's get going. Let's kick the tires and light the fires, man. I am excited. I am hyped. I am pumped to finally be able to see the boys of summer do what they're supposed to be doing. And um, uh, lastly for June 30th, uh, George Lopez. George Lopez. That one, he's uh, he's got a new special out. New special. I'm gonna check that out in a little bit, and uh, I hope I hope it was better than his last one. His last one, uh, he spent a little bit too much time talking about Trump in the last one. So hopefully this time, you know, he can, uh, you know, he's he's got some new material. So I'm hoping for that. Uh, his first Netflix special. So I'm, you know, I mean, I'm hoping for that, and uh, you know, yeah. So I'm hoping for some good laugh, good laughs. And all that. And, uh, yeah, let's see what else is going on in the world. What else is going on in the world? Oh, so I'm sure by now you all know that, you know, that there is a massive movement happening within the uh, United States along with the world. There's a massive uh, movement uh, regarding Black Lives Matter. And um, it's a beautiful movement. The largest humanitarian uh, movement is taking place before our very eyes. Every day we get up and every day is a new page in the history books. And it is a privilege and an honor for me to be able to be alive during this time. Um, even though I'm living in a personal nightmare, uh, what's going on around me is that of something that I'm completely grateful that I'm alive to see. And it has caused or it, has, or it has been the reason for so much change. A lot of change that I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. You know, the removal of Confederate flags at NASCAR. Um, which, that right there, man, Jesus Christ. Removing the Confederate flag from NASCAR is like removing the basketball from NBA. It's like, it goes hand in hand, ladies and gentlemen. Not supposed to happen, but it happened. And uh, But hey, I'm glad... I fucking hate that flag. I, w- I wish I could burn that flag. I wish somebody would have the balls out here in Brentwood to grab the flag and and like wave it. I wish somebody had the balls to do that out here, man. Oh, ooh, ooh. that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I'd probably be in jail, though, beating the shit out of the guy, then burning his flag and then dating his wife. So, um, you know, the Confederate flag has been removed from NASCAR. Uh, they just voted in the state of Mississippi that Mississippi is going to be removing the Confederate flag out of its state flag, which is huge. That is huge, ladies and gentlemen. It's big time. These are big movements that are happening. And then we go to the entertainment world. We go to, um, you know, where, uh, you know, all these prominent uh, black actors, singers, uh, directors and producers and everybody like that. You know, they're all they're all doing their part. Then we get to Mike Henry. Mike Henry, if you are not familiar with Mr. Mike Henry, Mike Henry is the voice of a character in a show called Family Guy. And Mike Henry does the voice of Cleveland. 
the best friend of the main character of Peter Griffin. Mr. Mike Henry, who does the voice of Cleveland, came out last week and said that he will be leaving the role of Cleveland because the role of a black man, the voice of the black man, should go to a black voiceover actor. And I'm I'm absolutely proud of that decision for him to have made. I'm very I'm very happy that he did it. Um, it shows great strength and great great solidarity within the movement and the cause of this. And um, Mike Henry was joined by stars of other TV shows of animated TV shows, uh, Jenny Slate who is uh, one of the main characters in a show that I absolutely love called Big Mouth. It's on Netflix. Uh, that is That show is just unbelievably raw, raunchy. It's, it's horribly inappropriate, but it's hysterical. I love Big Mouth. Um, she, as a white woman, she said that I cannot be doing the voice of a, uh, she voices one of the teenagers in the show that is a black teenager. And, uh, she stepped away for the same reasons that Mike Henry did. And as did Kristen Bell, who Kristen Bell voices a voice of a character from a show that I've yet to see. Uh, it, it's an animated TV show called Central Park. And, um, you know, they, all three of them have just been like, yo, I'm not doing this. I'm not taking a paycheck, uh, voicing a black character when it can easily go to a black voiceover actor. So that has been amazing, you know, great show of solidarity and support in the black lives matter movement and everything like that. Um, however, uh, when I heard about Mike Henry doing that for Cleveland, who he has voiced Cleveland for, I, I, I mean, years he has voiced Cleveland. Years. I think almost 20 years Mike Henry has voiced Cleveland. And so it's something of where I am, you know, very shocked that he would do it. I don't mean to sound like that in an inappropriate way or like a rude way, but I'm just kind of like, you know, like, dude, he has voiced Cleveland in over 330 episodes, 333 episodes to be exact. He did the voice of Cleveland Brown on, um, on Family Guy. He's done it for 20 years. He started doing the voice in 1999 and this year obviously being the last two he he actually did the voice of like four characters on the spin-off show of the Cleveland show which he obviously did the voice of Cleveland Brown the main character and then he did the voice of two of Cleveland's sons so which that show lasted 4 years that show lasted 4 seasons and then uh and then so he just continued doing the show on Family Guy for 20 years. So it's something of that just was really 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 incredible to see. However, when I went like when I saw that, I went to um I went to, you know, like the message boards on Instagram and then everywhere else on the internet cuz I was really curious. I was curious to see about um uh, you know, like w what people were saying about this, because I thought it was a pretty good, you know, show of solidarity. And, uh, and to my, uh, pleasant surprise, the black community came out and was like, Hey, we appreciate it, man. We really do, but you don't need to be doing that. Uh, we'd like the, the, the cops who killed Breonna Taylor to be arrested. You don't need to be, you know, you don't need to be doing that, man. You know, you know, it's all good. It's all good, man. You don't, I mean, you know, we appreciate it. Like everybody came out all like almost in unison, like, oh man, you don't got to do all that. You know, thank you. But you know, no, man, you do a good job as Cleveland, man. We love you as Cleveland. <laughs> and, and like, people are like, but is the next guy going to sound like Cleveland or, you know, th these people were like, no, man, we like it the way it is. It's good. It's good. And, uh, I mean, Cleveland has been a, you know, 
you know, there were some comments on there that were saying, damn, had, had me fooled. I thought it was a black guy the whole time, you know, but, you know, he did a great job. Keep him, you know, like you don't need to do that. It was it was a it was a pretty interesting. Um, I mean, not to say it was a backlash or anything like that, but it was interesting to see, you know, where it's like the the role reversal of it instead of, you know, saying like, oh, good, get him out, get him out. Everybody was like, yeah, you know what? We're good. You know, no, man, it's all good. It's all good. You can go back to being Cleveland. Um, so, so that was pretty funny to, to have seen on how, on how, um, uh, uh, respective people were to that, um, to him, uh, you know, coming out and, and, uh, and giving up. I mean, Cleveland, I mean, what was it family? I mean, it is family guy without Cleveland, but I mean, you know, we all know that family guy, you know, Cleveland's one of the main ones, one of the main guys. So that was really cool to see him do that. And, uh, kind of makes me curious to see who's going to step in and fill his shoes. Cause I mean, that's going to be one difficult voice to do. I like, I'm not even going to dare to imitate Cleveland because it's such a distinct voice. I just, I just wish whoever's going to be doing that to, uh, you know, Hey, don't fuck up, pal. Don't fuck up. So, uh, yeah, that's, that was that one. That was pretty funny. Uh, the other girls there, you know, like those shows, I mean, Central Park, literally, I think it's in its first season. So people were like, all right, whatever, you know, that one, uh, Jenny Slate from Big Mouth, Big Mouth is, has got a pretty big following, uh, starting off. So, um, it was a little bit of a shock. Um, but, uh, big props to Jenny Slate for doing that, for leaving big mouth and, um, you know, giving, uh, giving the opportunity to someone else. So, uh, yeah, there was that one. And, um, you know, that is, uh, yeah, that was just pretty cool to see. So yeah, there was that. And, um, so I did something this past weekend, um, other than, uh, relax in a jacuzzi, you know, which, uh, I, I, I get to gloat about that because the whole country is, you know, is like, we're in the middle of summer and, you know, it's like 115 with the low of a hundred. And I'm like, yeah, man, and dude, I'm in a jacuzzi at nighttime, man. It's 66 over here. It's 65. Ooh, you find me in the jacuzzi. That's right. Um, but, um, I saw, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Bohemian Rhapsody. And for those of you that do not know what Bohemian Rhapsody is, slap yourself and turn the podcast off. Um, but Bohemian Rhapsody is the iconic, uh, ballad from the iconic band Queen. And, uh, but that is also the name of the, uh, biopic film, uh, that came out in 2018, I want to say 2018, uh, with, uh, about Freddie Mercury and, um, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, baby. And, um, unfortunately the untimely death of Mr. Freddie Mercury due to, uh, pneumonia, which, uh, you're like sitting there and be like, really, he died of pneumonia. Well, he unfortunately had AIDS at the time. And, uh, when you catch pneumonia and you have AIDS, it's like, uh, you know, getting shot in the chest with a 12 gauge, uh, you're not going to walk away from it. So, um, yeah. So anyways, I, I was like, I was watching Bohemian Rhapsody and everything. And, um, and, uh, that film earned Rami Malek, uh, the Oscar for best, for, for best performance in an acting role. Uh, so he won the Oscar for best actor, uh, the following year, my man, my man, Eggsy, I call him Eggsy, but, um, the young man who played Mr. Elton John in Rocket Man, that is right, ladies and gentlemen, Rocket Man. Now, for those of you that do not know what the Rocket Man is, slap yourself. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Teron Egerton, Terran. Taron, I hope it's Taron. Taron Egerton, um, yeah, he played Ellen John, and uh, it is uh, 
both films are phenomenal. They're both phenomenal films. However, Rami Malek wins the Oscar for portraying Freddie Mercury. Didn't didn't sing any of Queen's songs. Did not sing any songs uh, from Queen. He just did the the voice dubbing. Like he acted them out. He acted like he was singing them, which he did a good job at doing that. But it was Freddie Mercury's voice. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so that was that. And um, uh, Taron Egerton, he didn't even get nominated for an Oscar. But yet he performed his own songs throughout, uh, throughout Rocket Man. And he was good enough to win the Golden Globe, but yet he didn't get no love from the Academy. Now, the Academy is king when it comes to, you know, um, snubbing people. But it was just kind of odd, man, because Taron killed that performance, man. He killed it. Killed it as Elton John. And it was just kind of odd to see, you know, like, you know, like one guy doesn't sing one bit. The other guy sings his heart out and get no love. Didn't get no love. Which one? I'm opening this one up to you guys. Which film did you guys prefer? Do you prefer Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man? Which one gets more love from you guys? Elton John or Queen? Which one which one do you guys prefer more? Um, both have iconic, iconic lineup of songs, man. I mean the tracks that they have are just phenomenal. It is insane on how many hits each individual uh, recording artist, I guess you could say, uh, has. I mean, Elton John, Elton John's got countless, and then, you know, as does Queen, which Queen is still going. Queen is still going, obviously, without Freddie Mercury. But, um, you know, yeah, so... Just, just both phenomenal films and everything like that. And uh, you know, uh, what say you? What say you, people? What, like, what do you guys say? What do you guys think? Huh? Bohemian Rhapsody or Rocket Man? Which one gets your vote? Because um, you know, it's difficult. It's really difficult because you know, like, I love Queen, man. I love Queen. Um, Freddie Mercury is is arguably, arguably one of the, if not the greatest voices in rock and roll history. I mean, you know, yes, you're going to, everyone's going to make their case about who's their own, you know, personal thing. But Freddie Mercury, he's not top five, he's top three. And if you guys do not believe me, there's a, there's a YouTube. uh, If I can find it, I'll let you guys know on Friday's episode, but there's a YouTube of when him and David Bowie did Under Pressure, and it's just the uh, it's just like uh, Freddie Mercury's like audio. You don't hear the track, you don't hear anything. You hear Freddie, um, just come into the booth and just lay it down, and he just sings, and he does like his, you know, um, I don't even know what you want to call it, but he does it. Uh, from the Under Pressure, you know, song that everyone knows. And it is just incredible to hear Freddie Mercury hit some of those notes and those octaves. Insane that somebody could do those the way that he did it in the manner that he did it. I mean, just phenomenal. And, uh, and yeah, so Freddie Mercury, one of the greatest. One of the greatest. And, uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so let me know, people, which one gets your vote, vote, which one gets your vote, uh, which one gets your vote, Rocket Man or Bohemian Rhapsody, and, uh, yeah, because I'm kind of curious to see, because the, the Academy, they didn't think, uh, uh, Rocket Man get no love, but anyways, um, yeah, so that was that one, that was that one, and, um, you know, just uh, just did that. 
little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, yeah, I I did watch one of my favorite films uh, yesterday. Yesterday, so one of my favorite films. Uh, not sure if it's top ten. Could be. Could be. There is an argument to be made for it. Uh, Crash. Crash. Not sure if you guys have ever seen Crash. It is a truly a phenomenal film. For those that aren't familiar with Crash, Crash is a, it's, um, how do I, how do I phrase this, man? Crash. So basically in about a 36 hour period that takes place in Los Angeles, um, I'd say, uh, maybe eight to 10 different stories different characters will find themselves intertwining with one another throughout these 36 hours. And it is a film that literally hits on every topic. We're talking about race. We're talking about, um, you know, uh, loss of life, redemption. Uh, you know, just facing who are, who we really can be ugly or, seeing the beauty, beautiful things in life. It, like the cast, forget about it. It's got Oscar nominees everywhere. Don Cheadle, Sandra Bullock, Tandy Newton, uh, Matt Dillon. Uh, you know, uh, you got Terrence Howard, Jennifer Esposito. Oh my God, Jennifer Esposito. Uh, Billy Fickner, Brennan Fraser. Oh my God, no, Nona Gay. I mean, who who else, man? Ludacris. You got Ludacris in there. Uh, you got um, Ryan Philippi. Yes, Ryan Philippi. Oh, 90s. Uh, you know, Lorenz Tate. Lorenz Tate, man. Let's give it up for Love Jones. Yeah, Lorenz Tate is in it. Just a phenomenal cast, man. Phen- phenomenal cast, seriously. So, um, so yeah, so the uh, this film went on to shock the world and win the Oscar for Best Picture. Uh, that year that it was going up against, it went up against Brokeback Mountain, which everybody thought was going to just own everything. It, it won almost every category that it was nominated for. Um, so, uh, yeah, so anyways, however, Crash was kind of like the greatest underdog story. It only had a budget, and I say only because budgets, you know, $150-$200 million. This budget, Crash, had a budget of $6 million. $6 million. Um, that the story was that amazingly well written. That these actors were literally taking like $10,000 to be in it. You know, uh, Sandra Bullock... When she read the script, she she at the time was not in Los Angeles. She wanted to be part of this film so bad that she bought her own ticket to fly out to Los Angeles and do the film. That is unbelievably rare to hear uh, from someone that was already an established, well-known name in the industry. If it's your first film, dude, you'll you'll literally do anything and everything to get to the set. Uh, but someone who's already you know, you know, a very well-known talent within the industry never will do that. She did that. Um, they were having to cut corners at every, or they were having to, uh, like, uh, like pinch pennies at every corner, every turn, if I can say it right, um, that the house where Sandra Bullock and her husband, played by Brendan Fraser, live in the film that was actually the director's house in real life. Paul Haggis, who wrote and directed the film, that was his house. So they could save money. They filmed at his house. Um, uh, the cars that were used in the film, uh, like the Navigator, that belonged to the director, Paul Haggis. Um, there's a character, it's a non-speaking role, but it's kind of important that role was played by Paul Haggis's neighbor. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is, this, this, like, 
this is what happens when you get an incredible film. When people know a film is special, you do whatever you can to make it. And so, um, like, they had to do this because they filmed in Los Angeles. And at the time, filming in Los Angeles was was very, very, very expensive. And it was very, very, um, you know, it, it, it could be able to handcuff you in many ways and in many areas when it came to, to getting a production completed. Uh, the studio wanted them to go to Toronto to film for Los Angeles because Toronto uh, always subs in as Los Angeles, which they could have, they like, they could have stretched their buck a little further. They could have, you know, uh, maximized their money by going to Canada. But Paul Haggis really wanted to be in Los Angeles to get that Los Angeles grittiness, that vibe. So, uh, you know, he did it out here and, um, and, uh, yeah, they, 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 they literally, um, you know, were, were trying to, to do everything they can and which limited their time. This film was completed in 36 days, 36 days. It, it took them to film this, um, it was the least grossing picture of the year to be nominated for Best Picture, let alone win it. Uh, didn't do big at the box office. It was. It wasn't that. It wasn't released on like the three thousand screens that like you know the Avengers would get released on because of money. It cost money to put your film out there and everything like that, and they didn't have it. But still, even with all the odds against them. With all the odds against them, they still got it. They still went on to shock the Oscars that year, and uh, and it was kind of it, it it was kind of controversial because um, people thought that the reason why Brokeback Mountain didn't win was because a lot of the voters were homophobic, so that they felt that putting Crash, giving Crash the win, was going to be you know like oh, okay that that's you know. We like we think it's better. Which there was a lot of people, a lot of voters said that they voted for Brokeback Mountain. Um, they didn't know how Crash could win. And at the end of the day, Crash wins. Crash wins, and um, and to me, it deserved it. To me, it deserved it. I'm not saying that Brokeback Mountain didn't, but Crash, amazing film. It really, this film will get you to look at yourself. It, you know, it'll have you one way or the other, one way or the other. You may not stop right there and like put the film on pause and be like, oh my God, you know, like start like looking at yourself and dissecting yourself. Nah, but one way or the other, it'll get you to think about some of the choices that you made or, you know, some of the char- characteristics that you have, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just, um, you know, just, yeah, (laughs) I mean, there's, there, there's no other way to say it, but this film, if you guys haven't seen it, you know, um, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend that you guys, uh, check it out and watch it. And for those of you that have seen it, Hey, when's the last time you saw it, man, maybe sit down and rewatch it and enjoy yourself some great, great, great cinema just a great film all around and everything and uh Thandie Newton phenomenal in this uh there is a scene in this film that is so so unbelievably uncomfortable when Thandie Newton and her husband played by uh Terrence Howard get pulled over by the LAPD uh played by uh Matt Dillon and Ryan Phillippe it is a scene that will oh my god you want to turn off the film or look away until the scene is over because it just makes you cringe and it just you don't know how to react you like you feel like you want to take a shower after watching that um after what you see going down uh but just an incredible film all around and everything and it gets my vote any day of the week to um uh to be checked out it's one of those films that honestly it's like if i'm not on like you know a mission to find something on tv and that's on i'll stop and i'll watch it 
I'll stop and I'll watch it because it's got great writing, you know, great editing, cinematography. Um, of course, the acting. Come on. You cannot have a list like that. Don Cheadle is a, is is like, you know, a giant walking amongst mortal men. I mean, the guy is a living legend. And this was before he was War Machine. All right. Don Cheadle was a was a legend before he was War Machine. So, um, and the role he plays, ooh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Everybody plays a great role in this film. Everybody plays a great fucking role. So, yeah, that was a great film. Big recommendation on Crash. Um, and, yeah, so with saying that, I switch over to something that made me laugh my ass off. And what that is is that this past weekend... Um, uh, past weekend in South Korea, South Korea, um, I think it was in Pyongyang. I don't know. Or maybe Pyongyang's in North Korea. I don't know, but it was in South Korea. Um, and a soccer team there, a soccer team in South Korea has been fined $81,300 for, fi- <laughs> for filling they're empty stadium seats with sex dolls during a match. You heard me right. Sex dolls. And these aren't the kind, you know, that were back in the 80s that were just inflatable dolls. No. These are the, you know, the $3,000 Whitney Cummings looking like sex dolls. These dolls, I mean, I was explaining to someone earlier uh, a very innocent-minded young lady that these are sex dolls. And she was kind of under the impression that it was like the inflatable kind. And I'm like, no, these are like the real fancy ones. She was like, what do you mean? I'm like... Well, if you wanted to put this doll in a specific position, you have that ability because the doll is quite flexible and pliable, along with very insanely realistic human features, like blue eyes and like eyeshadow and shit like that. And um, so I saw the picture and it is hysterical that you have sex dolls, sex dolls just scattered throughout the stadium. And I'm just like, oh, dear God. Like, I'm like, I really hope that, like, the players didn't bring those from home. Um, but it was hysterical to see. There is um, there was one of the guys, uh, one of the soccer players from the home team. He goes off and he scores a goal. And it's like these guys are celebrating and the camera cuts to this group. It was this section. And it's like all the sex dolls have their arms in the air. (laughs) And it literally just looks like it's like the game is on pause and like the fans are with their arms in the air. And you just see like... And it's like some of the guys put like the mouths of these sex dolls open because, yes, they could possibly do that as well. I mean, they're not actually going to be doing it, but you can play something in there if you want. And it's like they're, it looks like they're screaming. Oh, my God. It is pure. I literally I literally implore you all to just look it up. Look it up. Please look it up. South Korea. Google South Korea. Uh, South Korea's soccer team sex dolls. I don't know what will pop up. So don't hold me liable if you're at like a library or something and you do that and you get kicked out. It's not my fault. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it was, it, it was insane. It was insane. I'm just like, who, who greenlit that? Who was like, oh yeah, this will be fun. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure somebody said it was going to be fun, but I'm like, "Uh, no, dude, come on now. You got to be Helen Keller to stop and like not be able to see that one was coming. So, oh, man, it was it was hysterical. It was awesome to see that these guys just 
they they kind of didn't give a fuck about it and uh you know i kind of got to respect them kind of got to respect them about it that they were like yo we're gonna have some fun uh we're stuck in here like this so you know we're gonna we're gonna have some fun and <laughs> and uh yeah eighty one thousand dollars what a damn that that was a hefty little fine, man. No, they were not having fun with that. They were, you know, I'm like over here, like, yeah, you know, it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. Nope. These guys were not having it, <laughs> not having it, but, um, the soccer team was having fun with it. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, where do you find that many sex dolls though? Seriously. To fill up like good sections of a stadium. That's a lot, that's a lot of sex dolls, man. That's a lot of sex dolls. It's so scary on how realistic they look, too, man. Oh, my God. Jesus. Is that what the world's coming to? Is that what, is that what, I mean, like, is this, is this the guy's response to, like, the dildo? Because, you know, it's like, you know, no man will ever be able to compete with a dildo. Is this, like, the male response to that? It's all like, yeah, ladies want the dildo. You know, we get the doll. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, I feel like we still lost that one. I still feel like we lost it. <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, I'm always gonna try to compete. I'm always gonna try to compete with any woman that brings out, you know, the mechanical, uh, the mechanical manipulator. And, um, you know, no matter if it's like the jackknife powerhouse 4000, I'm still gonna be like, well, you know what? He can't make you laugh. So, yeah, because that's all I have going for me right now. Uh, but, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that is that hysterical. Guys, look that up. Let me see, or like, you guys, let me know how much, uh, if you got a laugh off of that just as much as I did. So, uh, so yeah. Um, and in other news, in other news, I've been, I've been keeping true, been keeping true to the, 30 day film challenge 30 day film challenge i've been been doing some good things with it uh making sure that you know that hey i started off with the goat started off with the goat that is jurassic park started off with the number one right there day two a film that starts with the letter g we talked about it last time it was goonies goodfellas then i went into a film that has more than five words did Close Encounters of the Third Kind. A uh, little fun fact about Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the classic from the 70s, directed by the greatest of all time, Mr. Steven Spielberg. little fun fact is that when Steven Spielberg, like myself, like yours truly, we both grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, so uh, where he grew his inspiration for this film was when Steven Spielberg was a little kid, he was awoken one night by his parents who grabbed him and his siblings and put him in the family station wagon and drove to a part of Phoenix. Uh, now, mind you, this was in like the 60s, the early 60s, 50s, um, where they drove into a part of Phoenix or to an area of Phoenix that was dark enough to where they got to see a meteor shower. And um, that is where uh, Steven Spielberg drew his inspiration from uh, to write the screenplay and direct Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So there was that one. And then uh, day four. Day four was film a number. Or film a number. Uh, Name a film that has a number in the title. I went with 8 Mile. Now... I could have gone with Seven, because Seven is one of the most epic films of all time. I love Seven. As violent and as just gory and as macabre as that film is, I love it. It is beautifully written, amazingly well-directed, and of course, you get Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. Come on now. You can't beat it. And um, I really loved Kevin Spacey before he started touching little boys. Um, yeah, so, uh, he got canceled for that one, but anyways, so, uh, yeah, uh, I chose eight mile, eight mile, one of the, one of the best films around. Um, I actually was proven wrong about it. I was proven wrong about eight mile. I thought eight mile was going to suck. I really did. Not going to lie. I thought it was going to suck, but, uh, you know, it 
it it blew me away and it was even nominated for an Oscar nominated for uh, best original song at that time first rap hip-hop song to ever be nominated um but Eminem as cocky as confident as arrogant whatever you want to call him he was still not that confident within himself so what he did instead of him attending the awards and everything knowing that he was nominated and everything he had a seat there with his name on it Eminem was for certain that he was not going to win the Academy Award. He felt that he wasn't going to win it. So what did he do? He skipped the awards, stayed at home, and was falling asleep watching cartoons with his daughter when he was kind of like awoken in and out of sleep by a text message saying, you just became the first hip-hop artist in the history of the Academy Awards to win the Academy Award for Best Original Song. And yep. I don't even know who, who who accepted for him. I actually forgot who accepted for him. But yeah, that's why no matter what, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what, man, you get nominated for something, you go, you enjoy the ride, man. Enjoy the ride because who knows if you're ever going to be able to do it. Okay. Who knows if you're ever going to be able to live to see it again, man. I mean, I'm sure he doesn't care because he won, but, you know. And then, uh, and then... Uh, day five, haven't done day six yet, but day five, name a film where a character has a job you want. Now, I mean, I could have gone like the easy route. I could have picked, you know, like, oh, give me, you know, the American president. I'll be the president, you know, or, you know, could have gone with like an easy thing an easy, you know, something that made me a professional athlete or whatever, blah, 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 or like a billionaire or whatever. Um, but I wanted to go after uh, something that would have been like really fun, like an actual job. You know what I mean? Like an actual, you know, nine to five or kind of. And uh, I, I went with a pretty good comedy that is heavily underrated and it's called In a World. It's called In a World and it's, uh, it's based off of uh, a young lady who is going into the voiceover world. And, um, she ends up, uh, you know, up for running in this incredible opportunity to be selected, um, to be selected as the new voice for like this epic trilogy that's coming out and everything like that. And, uh, Lake Bell, who I used to have the biggest crush on, uh, she wrote it, directed it and starred in it as well. And, uh, this film was just awesome about the voiceover industry and everything like that. And, uh, and just very well done, very well written comedy. And, uh, and I just, I really liked it. And, and you know what? I honestly think that it would be pretty amazing. It'd be pretty cool to be a voiceover actor. You know what I mean? I think it'd be pretty awesome to be, to be a very successful voiceover actor. I think it'd be awesome. And I think that that'd be pretty cool to be and to do so yeah so that's why i went with in a world in a world and you know that is of course the in a world is off of the tagline of the late great don lafontaine who his voice was always in every trailer that you would hear in a world so yeah so that was that and uh i went with in a world uh for the day five um day six day six which is uh, going to be today, your favorite animated film. Oh, Jesus. Well, my favorite animated film, spoiler alert, is The Lion King. That's right. My favorite animated film of all time is The Lion King. Lion King taught me a lot, man. Taught me a lot at a young age. That's right. Damn near. I, I was damn near watching a fucking... Um, uh, you know, um, uh, I was, you know, watching all sorts of, you know, um, things as a kid, man. But let me tell you what, let me tell you what Lion King taught me a lot of great life lessons and it was my first, my first 
introduction, I guess you could call it, to Shakespeare. Because Lion King, Lion King is damn near scene for scene of uh, of uh, Hamlet. And so watching it was just pretty cool. Was 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 you know like me being like you know you know like me like me being a little kid and you know like watching it, man. So um, I liked it. I liked it. I loved it. And uh, you know uh, I uh, I can't say anything more than how much I loved Lion King. It's by far and will forever be my favorite animated film of all time. Uh, the remake was, uh, eh, I mean, I guess you could call that it, it was all right. Um, it wasn't, uh, I mean, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? The, the remake was okay. It was okay. Um, if I'm being completely honest, the Aladdin remake was a lot better, and even that uh, was okay. So, there was that one and everything, and so uh, I can't wait to get into the other ones, man. It's going to be really, really, really fun. Uh, a film that you will never get tired of is going to be the day after that one. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to get into that one, a film that I'll never get tired of. Maybe Dumb and Dumber. I'll do Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, day eight, day eight's going to be a hard one. Cause I've actually been thinking about this one, a film where you liked the soundtrack more than the film. I do not know what the hell I'm going to put for that one. That one's going to be a tough one. That's a toughie, but I will get to it and I'll get on it. Cause it's not like I have anything else to do with my time. So, um, yeah, there was that one and everything. And, uh, and let's see, questions, any questions, going over the questions, um, no questions, all right, well, this Tuesday episode of the May I Have a Word podcast has come to an end, once again, thank you to everyone that's subscribing, I get the updates every day, it means the world to me that you guys are listening from all corners of the world, I love you guys, to everybody that is legitimately finding me in Australia, Germany, France, Great Britain, Canada. Thank you so much. I love you all. Um, and for all you guys, I want you guys to write in. You guys, if you guys are across the pond, you guys are down under, I want to hear. I want to hear from you guys. You guys write to me and, uh, you know, we'll get a little uh, little audio pen pal thing going. All right. So once again, thank you all. Spread the word, subscribe, find it anywhere and everywhere. You will find my voice on any podcast platform. I guarantee it. So with that saying, this has been the May I Have a Word podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gustavo Montes. You guys have a great week. Be careful. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. And I'll talk to you Friday. Love you.